Pet the Juice Podcast. Cody Mitchell, Connor Holiday here. Voices are better than what I expected. Tomorrow's going to be an absolute shit show, though. Yeah, my th- I just got up, too, and my stayed up way too late, having glimmers of hope for some certain teams. Yeah. Um. Yeah, throat's, he- throat's hurting, struggling. It's been a fun tournament. Hell of a uh, tournament, man. We're going to go start on Thursday, kind of run through the games here. As they happened. Run through the Friday games. And then we're just... As they happened. Oh, I thought we, were, thought we had something going there. Uh, I don't know. Um, and then, I guess we can honestly go by game by game Saturday and Sunday and just say what way we lean because we're yeah. down to sixteen game, uh, 32 teams, 16 games left. All right, kicking off to Monday. In my favorite play of the entire first round, Maryland beats West Virginia 67-65, but we were on the other side. <laughs> Dude, like... Great game to, like, open the tournament up. But, man, was this a game of runs. I'm pretty sure when it was in, like, middle of the second half, they showed some of the runs, and it was like, West Virginia goes on a run. Maryland counters with a run. West Virginia goes on a run. Maryland gets on a run. And then it just ended up being close at the end. And West Virginia with a chance to hit a buzzer beater, but just just missed. Falls a little short, yeah. They just got very, very stagnant. And, again, this was one of those, like, you're going to have to prove it to me, Maryland. Can you win away from College Park or I'm not going to bet for you? And what do you know? They do. Yeah. They get their first win away from College Park. So, West Virginia goes down. And probably the my favorite game of the tournament, and I think you're going to be on that as well. Absolutely. The Furman Paladins upset the Virginia Cavaliers. Holy. 68-67 in emphatic fashion. Kihei Clark gets doubled in the corner, looks around, still has a timeout, doesn't use it. Football, I don't know what kind of pass that was. He That was a Carson Wentz throw. Yeah, just a little, <laughs> like a, hey, fuck it, throws it to midcourt. It is picked off. Pass to J.P. Puigs, who makes a shot with two, makes it through with two seconds left to take the Bangs one. it, man. It was a movie. It, I mean, literally, like, because what, what were we down? Like, obviously, you and I have been on this podcast saying how we were on Furman. But uh, what were we down? And we just ended on a run, I th- or at least I thought it was. I mean, they were down. I mean, My brain is absolute mush. Yeah, I mean, we've just ingested so much. Ba- we had four TT- TVs running for the last uh, we, in, two days. Yeah, in a matter of like twelve or twenty-four hours, we have absorbed thirty-two yeah. high-caliber games. Here, here's the moment where so they got down seven with nine minutes left, and J- Jalen Slauson turned it over. And I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's only nine. It's only nine. But dude, it. With Virginia, it's different. And yes. with the underdog, it's different. You don't – a lot of those times, they just get buried and it's done. Virginia's not built to come back in a game. They're built to have a lead, control so the lead, and keep the lead. And then for your senior, your – He won the championship team. Your fifth year Your senior. all-time leader in assists to make a bonehead play like that. I mean – Obviously, for us, it felt absolutely that was awesome. I mean, second game in, and we're already screaming at the top of our lungs. Like, I just could not believe it. But, man, looking at like some of the clips when Kie like 
was going back to throw. Tony Bennett is standing right next to an official with a timeout to spare. Like, I know you want to trust your guys in that situation, especially when you have it in one of your longest tenured players have the ball in his hands. But the situation wasn't that good. He was trapped with two people that were fairly bigger than him. And then he just makes a bonehead play like Tony Bennett, like, gotta call a timeout, man. And now, like, looking at it, Virginia has been bounced in the round of 64 three years except for the natty year like uh, yeah i mean it's like the like i think virginia needs to look in the mirror and it's time for a change this pack line defense yeah. isn't working yeah and for Furman, like look you only shot you only got six points from your bench and mike bothwell your best player your leading scorer only played 20 minutes he was in foul trouble like this should bring you some confidence going into the, the game today against San Diego State. Yeah, I mean, Slauson, dude, was an absolute dog this game. It, when they, like, really needed a bucket, I feel like they went to him more than anything. Yeah, and J. Puy, uh, J.P. Puig's was 0 for 3 before that game, or in the oh. game before that shot, too. It just happened to knock the one down when he really needed to. Yeah, and shout-out to uh, Foster. He was four for nine from three, but man, some of those threes were clutch. Yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. That by far was the the most fun I had in the tournament. Absolutely, we'll start there. Um, Missouri beats Utah State seventy six sixty five. Mountain West did get one win, but struggled there. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, like I walked, I had some eyes on it, but unfortunately, this happened to be like. The majority of the back and forth happened to be during the Furman game while we're sweating it out. Yeah, I mean, we were all on Mizzou money line, but we were more worried. We were trying to will that into existence, and thankfully it did. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Mizzou jumped out big. Utah State came back, and then Mizzou just laid it on at the end. Yeah, I mean, you can just look at the box score and tell me what happened, or I can tell you what happened wrong. Um, these both these teams like to shoot a lot of threes and they like to give up a lot of threes. Memphis was forty percent from three, uh, or Mizzou, sorry. Uh, Utah State was uh, four for twenty-four, sixteen percent. I mean that's the that's the story of the game. Your yeah. best player Ashworth, who is shooting over, who is shooting like forty-four percent on two hundred fifty-three shot this season, went two for ten. Like that's yeah, that's not a recipe. and your second best shooter Taylor Funk also two for ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not gonna win that game. Yeah, rough. But awesome win from the, our Missouri Tigers. That was yeah. I was a I saw a lot of people in that game, people going back and forth about who they were going to choose there. Um, Alabama, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. It was a, well, you you skipped one, but I know why you skipped one. Oh my! Did, is it because Tom. of that one? Yeah, uh, right. Kansas ninety six, Howard sixty eight. Howard kind of made it interesting in that first half, and then. Kansas was just yeah, too much. I want to let people know because that, if that happens again, it's going to piss me off. Um, so my our friend at work, who's uh, he's like 65, 64, he, uh, I gave him my ESPN login so he could watch ESPN Plus. And I he's come from in, Kansas. I come in one day. I like looked on my phone one day, and all of my favorites were Kansas basketball, Kansas State basketball, Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City Royals, like he Wichita changed State. all my stuff. And he's like, 
texts me. And he's like, this wouldn't change. This wouldn't affect anything on you, is it? And I'm like, no, just freaking keep it. So but now, I- despite hating Kansas, Cody's gotten Kansas basketball updates throughout the season. Yeah. And can, it has been hilarious. I can let you know how the Royals are doing. We, we will literally be sitting there on the couch and like a Kansas, anything in the state of Kansas hits. And Cody's like, oh, wait, well, you know, the Royals won. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah. Uh, did they? No, they ended up covering your first half, didn't they? Barely. They it were... was a sweat. But I mean, we looked over and you're like, Connor, you're not dead yet. And then the last play before half, they uh, somehow Kansas had the ball. Then all of a sudden, Howard shooting free throws. Then Gotti missed both. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh god, that almost didn't cash when I thought it was a hit. But yeah. Yeah, uh, live, uh, or I mean, not live, but first half uh, spreads can get pretty sweaty. We and know that from we know that from first half unders. Yeah, Shout out our, Jr. Our buddy Jr. has been cashing these. I think he went like five and one over the last two days, just betting the first half. And the under. only one that he didn't hit, no, neither one of us backed. We yeah. backed every and other. Not one. to mention the guy hit it on the last shot of the half. Oh too. yeah, that was right. Just like. Watching it in the air, oh. dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, they, I mean, they were hidden. That was awesome. Um, Al, so we all go to Alabama. Alabama beats Texas A&M Corpus Christi 96-75. Blowout, really the only thing to take away from it. Brandon Miller just didn't score. Yeah, he didn't. I it mean, was weird. Was, like, I saw them pull him in the second half, and I was like, shit, he doesn't have a single point. He, but now, like, with – all everything going on, I kind of feel like he might have been in his head a little bit. I know he's like been receiving threats and to the point that he needs arm security, which if you're giving threats to an eighteen year old, you need to reevaluate your life. But I'm not concerned. Obviously this was against the sixteen seed, so I mean I'm not I'm yeah, not even cares? like really concerned yeah. about them against Maryland. Yeah, who cares? God <laughs> That's so fucked up. So I've like just convinced myself West Virginia won that game because I was like already <laughs> saying like I don't know, man. It's kind of like my... the Kentucky game last night. Yeah, I was like in my head, I was like I don't know what he's gonna do. Like maybe Stevenson can get him out and have him have him defend on the perimeter. I'm like nope, they're not there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which we want. I mean, we wanted West Virginia for potentially better game for Bama, but yeah. Um, San Diego State beats everybody's oh. darling, sixty-three fifty-seven. Awesome, awesome, awesome season by Charleston. I think they were thirty-one and, and four. Phenomenal game by them, also. But man, they put a fight up in this game. They were winning majority of the game. It's just that offense went. The offense was stagnant. I can't remember what the number was, but in the second half, the threes literally just no three. They could would freaking fall for them. Yeah, not good when you end up shooting 5 of 24 from three. Granted, I mean, San Diego State can't, like, say much. They were 4 of 16. Yeah, but, but if you're going to muck, like, if you're going to get in a muck fest If you're going to shoot eight more threes than the other team, you better hit more than just one. Yeah. I just, it's, if you're going to try to muck it up against San Diego State and just out-defend them, like, they're... They still have some athletes there, and obviously they have an edge on the defensive side. Yeah, it was just that second half, man. Sh- shots weren't falling for Charleston, and you could just slowly see it start falling apart a little bit. Because they, they jumped out to an early lead, going to half down three. They come to the second half, get a big get her lead again, and then it looked like in the blink of an eye it was gone again, and they never could just 
get close. I will say the thing, man, like there's Pat Kelsey has the Cougars. Like they're so well freaking coached. But it did seem like some of those guys in there tried to play a little bit of hero ball. Like Larson took some of the dumbest shots I've ever seen in the Which month, that's gonna game. happen with the mid majors. Yeah. I just I figured with a Pat Kelsey led team they would have a little more wherewithal, but like man, that three he hit a he shot a three, like a crucial three that could have cut into the lead and hit the side of the back. Like yeah. he was fading to his right, going out of bounds. Like, dude, you're not Jimmer Fredette. Like, calm down. Could have got a better look there. The biggest upset by far on Thursday. Yeah, on Thursday, paraphrase. Thursday. <laughs> emphasize that. The 15 seeded Princeton Tigers take down Arizona, the two seed Arizona Wildcats. A lot of people, that's a, a decent amount of people I know is national title team. Yeah. 59 to 55 in a stupid, stupid way. We're literally. Sitting there. Should, wait, should we get? Should we start from the start of this game? No, I want to start from my point. <laughs> okay, fine. I thought we were gonna start in with the dumb bet because this was. Oh no, we have to start with that. <laughs> okay, so I had in my head that I was like, "Look, Arizona starts off soft all the time. Princeton can come back. Princeton can start a lead." And I, I even had it written down here. Unfortunately, sorry, I did not give it out. I have Princeton plus 13 and a half. I'm like, they can keep this game close. I don't think they're going to – they're not going to win, though. But they can, they're going to get a lead first. So, I have first to 15. Buddy JR, he's like, you know what? I like Arizona. So, I'm taking Arizona first to 10. And Connor's like, you know what? I'll take Princeton first to five. So yeah, I wanted the, action on it. So, we started off with that. So, Arizona wins the first to five. I'm Arizona dead. wins the first to 10. And Arizona wins the first to 15. Fuck. <laughs> But then we go to about eight minutes left. Princeton's down nine. And I look up at the odds, and it's um, plus a thousand. It's a plus a thousand odds. I'm like, dude, like, they're like right there. I'm going to throw a tenner on it. Pays out a hundred bucks. And Connor go, backs me. <laughs> I back him. <laughs> and JR, our friend JR, has the, um, he has Arizona money line and some stuff. And then we just kept like, honestly, I thought it was a joke. I was literally just making it to piss him off. I was like, hanging around, <laughs> hanging around. And like, I mean, 8.07 left and it was 41.51. I think that's when we bet it. Yeah. Or, or a possession or two off. Something like that. We were very, we were fairly close because Balo makes a layup and then Princeton goes down and ends up making a layup. And then it just tumbled. Out of control. I think they there. ended on a twenty-two to four run. I don't know if it was that. Uh, yeah, I thought it was something. It's else. something stupid like that. I don't know the exact number there. But I mean, my like, it would have been so. What was it at eight minutes? It was forty-one fifty-one. Yeah. No, it was eighteen to four run. Sorry, eighteen to four run to close the game out. They scored four points in the last four minutes when you have two seven footers. And the tallest guy on Princeton is 6'9 on the court. Again, I'm a, a apologies to the kid. I don't I cannot ever I've watched this kid all year and I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's like Eva Bauman. He's the center. He's the point forward. Mm-hmm. So like they run a Princeton runs up obviously runs the Princeton offense, but they Shocker. run a weird variation of it when they have a six foot nine center dishing the ball out from the top. And to me, I thought that was something that Arizona was going to struggle to defend. You would have to pull Zabellis and pull Ballo out to the three-point line. 
make the guards have to switch on the back screens. And if you can get Zubelis and Balo into space, they can win this game. The crazy thing about it was, though, Princeton really wasn't shooting their threes. They shot a ton of threes, but they didn't make very many of them. I thought, if you're going to use this offense and stretch the floor out, they're not going to be able to go 4 of 25 for 3 and win this game. But hell, man, I, I don't know. They just That's a scrappy team, and they fought their asses off. And Obviously, that's the by far the biggest upset on Thursday. Obviously, if you guys watch all the games, you know there's one more to come. But something I never thought when I made that plus a thousand bet and you did it would that, actually hit. I just thought it was hilarious to like make JR get like a little nervous and be like, hey, we're coming well, back. Well, no, the problem is the same thing happens again t- on Friday. Yes. But we'll get to that when it happens. But I mean, yeah, you never expect when you place a plus a thousand live bet that it's 15 seed down 10. To the two seed. To be honest with you, I'm surprised we didn't have better odds. Yeah, honestly. Because the spread was 14 and a half. And it's still 10 with eight minutes left. I mean, did we honestly, you and I have been killing it live betting. I'm pretty sure I haven't lost a live bet yet. I don't know if there the was. only the live bets I have lost were double downs on like I'm not gonna say the games because we'll get to them. But, like, some underdogs I liked, I was like, screw it, I'll double down. I mean, even I had TCU. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I, I haven't, but all the other ones that was like, I haven't originally bet them, all were coming. Mm-hmm. All were ended up cashing. But so, yeah. still, I mean, Princeton Tigers, man. Hell of a game. Battle the Tigers tonight, too. Yeah. Arkansas-Illinois. Arkansas takes down Illinois 73-63 to in a game that, I mean, we were watching, but then we started to have to watch the Princeton game a little bit towards the end in the San Diego State and Creighton game, or in Charleston game. It seemed to me like Arkansas kind of gets out to a big lead, and it was pretty comfortable, and yeah. Illinois would fight back, make it a little interesting, but never, but always kind of kept it at an arm's length. Yeah, there's a similar game that ended up happening like this on Friday, but... Yeah, it kind of seemed like Arkansas was in control for the majority of this game. I know took like a 10-point lead into half, and then second half was basically even 37-37. But there were times that we looked over, and it's like, oh, Illinois is only down two. Or, oh, Illinois is only down three. Oh, my time to get scared here. But, But, yeah, yeah, it still just at the same time seemed like Arkansas was in control for the majority of this game. And – like, I'm not going to doubt this Arkansas team. They have the fucking talent to compete with anybody in this tournament, I feel Dude, like. they have two guys that are going to be drafted in the top ten. Exactly. Not to mention, Ricky Council is going to be a late uh, second-round draft pick. Like, there's five or six pros on this basketball team. Yeah, and I mean, Shannon did just about everything that he could to try to keep him in this game, going five for ten shooting, ten for thirteen from the free throw line. But, I mean... Here's one, here's the thing, man. I love Illinois, and I thought yeah, Illinois was going to be a, a better team. I lost my Final Four ticket today, or yesterday, with them losing in the opening round. Yeah, same here. Matthew Meyer, I don't know. He was not the same guy he was at Baylor. He he had some moments this season, but there was, like, even today, he was over. No points. Shit. Like, he, I didn't even realize that. If he's going to play like that, like, you're, you're done. Like, he's supposed to be your second fiddle. He just wasn't. 
Yeah, even Hawkins like didn't do that well either. Three for nine shooting, two for six from three. And what do we always say about Coleman Hawkins? You live and die by him. He's not mm-hmm. your best player, but if you get a good Hawkins game, you're going to win. If you get a bad Hawkins game, you're probably screwed. Yeah. Other 8-9. Auburn beats Iowa 83-75. to Fun game. Yeah. Fun game. It was back and forth. Yep. But then eventually Auburn jumps out to the lead and kind of just puts a stranglehold on it. I, but, man, there were two threes that Chris Murray fucking yes. splashed that were like, oh, are we back? <laughs> like, don't let me believe. And, yeah, I mean, <laughs> tough for Iowa. They were, like, kind of a sleeper I thought could potentially end up beating a one seed if they got the matchup, but obviously don't even get out of the round of 64. And, I mean, I know you haven't liked them as much. I've bet them in certain spots, but I mean, impressive win for Auburn, I think. Yeah. One of those teams, I, I just don't like Wendell Green and I don't like Katie Johnson. I don't like the way they play. I'm not a giant fan of like two small guards in the starting lineup, two six footers, but Hey man, it works. It's a, it works in broom. If broom's going to play like that too, he's in a, he's going to give, do I have that right? They play. No, they don't play them. They play Houston. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't worry. That doesn't worry me as much. But we'll get to Houston in a minute. But there's some obviously some injuries. If you're unless you're living under a rock, that might scare you a little bit. And it does seem like Bruce Pearl does win in the tournament. And we like also obviously did well at Tennessee too. And we're we backed a team that has one of the coaches who doesn't perform in the tournament. So maybe that's yeah. dumb on our part. But we were more backing the scoring ability. Yes. And it would come and go a lot of times with, yeah. with Auburn. Everybody's favorite Cinderella from a few years ago, and a lot of people that liked them this year, or Roberts, <laughs> gets fucking boat raced yeah, by Duke. Sorry, anybody that actually listened to me, like, put money on Oral Roberts. I didn't that. blame I wouldn't blame you. But, dude, when we saw from the absolute get-go, this is dead. 15 nothing start. The, they, dude, that... They... I don't think... I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't think this... Oral Roberts is a very fucking good basketball team, and I think they could have pulled some upsets. They have just ran into a goddamn juggernaut at Duke. Yeah. Duke's off best offensive player, Filipowski, had six points. But they destroyed him. It does not matter. This Duke team's defense is fucking elite. They're mm-hmm. an elite defensive team. Derek Lively is a monster. You're going to look at his numbers and be like, oh, four points, 12 rebounds. Like, Big whoop. It doesn't matter. He six blocks. He impacts the game everywhere. He's literally banging bodies with the bigs. He is uh blocking shots from the help side. He's getting switched on to Max Azmus, the most shifty guard that I've seen at a mid-major level, and he's yeah. keeping him in front of him. Uh-huh. He couldn't blow by him. He's too big. And it seems like he's timing everything up. And you know who deserves a giant round of applause to John Shire for getting the number one recruit to buy into this role and not because a lot of times if you're the top recruit you're like hey man whatever whatever's getting I, me to I'm the gonna league. be the guy yeah what's getting me to the league what's making me a top five pick he got this kid to buy in and be like listen not to mention there's another underrated one there Jeremy Roach who is 100% gonna have to play a point play point guard in the NBA if he wants to if he's gonna go he cocked a junior from a that just led a team to the final four, be like, hey, how would you play the two? And we'll let Proctor take that up the court. Because Proctor's better at controlling the game and 
dishing the ball out. If you Proctor playing the two, heads back iron Tyrese Proctor. And he's got this whole team to buy in, buy in. And I think Duke's – this is a dangerous team, man. This team I – th- I am convinced this team can win the national title. And Not I, saying they're going to. You gave a shout-out to Jeremy Roach. But, man, to give the shout-out in just this game alone, 9 of 17 shooting 23 points. And also, Whitehead off the bench gets 13. The only two Duke players that were in double digits. They, I mean, there's there was talks about him being the first collegiate player drafted before, obviously, Brandon Miller exploded and then uh, Whitehead struggled with his injuries. Mm-hmm. But great career for Max Aismith. I don't think he would come back. He still can. Like, no joke, he has a fifth year. But I, I think it's probably his time. He's been, linked, he's been flirting with the draft for three years, so I think it's probably time for him to move on. I mean, if he wants to come back, I will – bet the hell out of your games and be betting your overs like crazy. Come on back, but exactly. probably dumb. Awesome career, awesome career. Boise State, Northwestern. Northwestern gets the win 75-67. Awesome, man. Dude, that's their second <sighs> second win in program history in the tournament. Boise State did make it interesting a lot of times in this game, but, I mean, that's going to happen in a lot of these 7-10, 8-9, some of those matchups. When it's two very close teams like – just shout out Northwestern, man. I probably pick near the bottom of the Big Ten and get a tournament win. Yeah, and obviously, I I don't know if they're going to win next their next game here against UCLA, but I will say, two teams that like to literally make things a little bit nasty, and there's obviously a giant coaching disparity between Cronin and Collins, but. Still, awesome win for your program. That's your second one in program history. Boise State still winless in the NCAA tournament. I think they're 0-11. Darn. Um, Dagenhard did not really have a great game. Rice was keeping him in it, but he just kept shooting. He was 3-for-10-3. Um, sometimes it's like, man, he kept you in the game, but he also shot you out of the game mm-hmm. kind of deal. Um, what is the next one here? Let's get these ones out of the way. Col- uh, Texas Colgate, yeah. Yeah, Texas Colgate. Colgate made it fun. They were close. They kept it close. You'd look up and be like, oh, Texas is up 15. Oh, Texas is up 7. Mm-hmm. Oh, Texas is up 18. Oh, Texas is only up 11. Yeah. But ultimately pulls out, wins by 20. Impressive win because that's a good Colgate team. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend all day on it. Let's get some. Of the, let's get the other 15 out of there because it was a blowout too. UCLA beat the brakes off UNC Asheville. I'm sorry for everybody that tailed me on that. Drew Pember had a good game, but he uh, could not rebound the ball. And even without Bonnie, UCLA dominated the glass. Not going to spend all day on it. Now, for our national champion that we yeah. have in our bracket, yeah. the number one seed, Houston Cougars, 63, Northern Kentucky, 52. And if you went to bed early, that game was a lot closer than that. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Northern Kentucky just seemed to not get away from Houston. Obviously, you did have Sasser go down. Who was the other one that went down? My mate, my- uh, Shed. Yeah, Shad goes down, but yeah, we were uh, like feel bad for anybody that tailed the Houston minus twenty or nineteen and a half with us. Even though there were times that at the end of it, it was like, are we gonna get backdoor cover? And it just wouldn't Man, come I, through. Yeah, um, dude, I guess it was a little. I guess they had a little bit of uh, more breathing room longer than I thought. So. 
Look, I mean, there's there's a lot of games, man. It, it, it rolls together. It was 36-36 to 36 with 14 minutes left in the game. But with 10 minutes left, I got up 7, and it never got smaller than 7. Yeah, that it doesn't was, feel like that, though. But it ju- there were just times it was like, <laughs> Houston goes down and scores. Northern Kentucky comes back and gets it to 7. And w- honestly, when you get into that 7 range, I know that's like... That's my number. Yeah, that is literally like your number. Like, if it's 8, Cody doesn't believe it's going to happen. If it's 7, Cody believes it's going to happen. He's the most flip- flipping person ever. Oh, we'll, get, we'll get to that. But, yeah, I mean, Northern Kentucky just wouldn't go away. No, and worries me about the – I still – did you have the update for the Shed Sasser thing? I remember you saying something yesterday. I'm not 100% sure. Oh, I think they both said they're going to to play. play. So, and yeah, they have a tough one against Auburn tonight. Louisiana, my raging Cajuns (sighs) fall to the Tennessee Volunteers. But cover. To 55. They did cover. The most just break my fucking heart basketball team in the worst basketball game. I okay. I'm not. You know what I want to say, but I'm not going to do it because it is a college kid. I'm not going to do it. But there was a. We had a lot of turnovers from a certain player, and they were starting to stack up and really get under my skin. Yeah. Um. I don't know what how many he was actually five, it, and it felt like twelve. I'm gonna leave his name out of it. You look it up. I I can't. I I don't no, know. No, no, not you. Look it up. Like they look it up. Okay. I'm not just gonna completely rag on this kid. But but granted, he had 11 assists in the game. I don't care. <laughs> but my God, dude! And it wasn't even like just the turnovers. It was like it, it was hero ball, but it was the really bad version of hero ball where you're trying to make him insane passes when it just needs to be simple man if they kept this game simple they probably win this game yeah like tennessee's offense i mean both offenses struggled there was each team had like four stretches of four minutes without a basket shout out to jordan brown though talked him up before the tournament started he's a dog he had 16 points on 7 of 12 shooting also, um, shout out Kobe Julian yeah. for keeping us in it, splashing two threes and getting, I think it was an and one, and just keeping us a lot, or no, he didn't get fouled on it, but he should. it should have been an and one, but yeah, keeping us in there, man, but uh, tough. We'll get to picks with this Tennessee team, but, yep. in, yeah. but later, but get out the hammer. awesome, I mean, good fight, Louisiana, man, you just, I think you ran into a team that, it's if you haven't watched Louisiana play until Thursday, like that was probably the worst possible matchup because they like to bang down low with Jordan Brown, and it happens to run into a team with like four bigs they can throw at him, and he still had a good game. It's just the the threes and fours got just out physical, and th- those turnovers hurt. I mean, I know we had a lot, but there was fourteen total from the team. Yeah, it so, was, and it, there was a little bit of foul trouble that didn't help. Also, like, going into half when the score, what was the score at half? It was 19 to 30, but you still were able to battle back. Like, even at halftime, we're like, it can still happen, but, yeah. Just fell short. Now, and honestly, in my opinion, the most impressive win of the night. Yes. Penn State boat races 
Texas A&M, 76-59 behind Andrew Funk's 27 points, 8 for 10 from downtown. Literally, <laughs> We're sitting there watching like, he can't miss. Yes, literally two seconds after I just start ragging on him. Because I <laughs> one thing about Andrew Funk is, man, he can, he can stroke it. We all know that. But mm-hmm. there is games where he has the ultimate green light. And, the, and he's two for 19, and he's, like, still green-lighting threes. And it will piss you off. Today, it didn't matter. Anything that he touched, he was shooting, and it was going in. His only, like, two-point shot he ended up missing. After that, it was just eight for ten from three. Yeah. And shout-out, I mean, Pickett, Dude, phenomenal so game. 19 points, eight assists, seven rebounds. We'll get into the picks later, like I said, but I think when they go up against Texas – there's one thing I always like in upsets is, do I have the best player in the game? And I think they do against Texas. Jalen Pickett Granted, is... Granted, Texas might have, like... Everybody else. Yeah. But Jalen Pickett is a monster. And if you haven't got a chance to watch him until the tournament, like, just enjoy this. He is so good. He just literally, like everybody calls a booty ball, he literally just backs his ass down in the paint. Jared Solinger. <laughs> yeah, but he dishes or he goes up with it. He's just a shorter Jared Solander, but doing it from a point guard position. Okay, moving on to Friday. Or moving on to Friday. So, some of us did well. Some of us lost some of the bigger, some big games here. But I will tell you, there was one theme for Friday was a lot of heartbreak. Because the way that some of these teams and did not cash for us was in very, very sad fashion. Yeah. There was no kill me quicks. No. There well, there was one game that lasted a half, and then pretty much you could tell two minutes yeah. into the second half, <laughs> you're dead. But Damn. we'll start from the beginning, which was a nice one. Mm-hmm. Michigan State beats USC 72-62. to um, Trojans made it interesting. Yeah, Michigan State jumps out to a big lead. USC comes fighting back, even held the league for some moments in the second half here. But the trio of Hogart, Walker, and Atkins and even Hauser was spraying that day. Uh, just a little too much for USC. And USC was also 7-20 from three, which is uh, a little low for a team that's going to be, like, literally on the outside shooting all the time. Yeah, and I mean, Bogey Ellis, 3 of 12, shooting 0, zero for 3 from three, only six points. I mean, that's what you need in order to beat this USC team because he's, he's – able to do some damage and just to think like i don't know what his average was on the season he averages 17 points per game think about if he actually goes for his average usc's tied with michigan state but still when he's not hitting it's hard for this usc team yeah i'm interested to see i haven't even looked at the line with them and marquette yet um, uh, it's, I think it's like, I thought I dropped to one and a half. That's insane. Okay. Um, <laughs> here's heartbreak episode number one. Oh God. Xavier. Beats Do we want to give the full story of how this, this all happened for this game? I mean, oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. So I, and yearly tradition that I do, I get pizza from a place that's like close to my heart, but great pizza in a small town that's fairly close to us i end up going and picking it up in the morning for us to have uh all day ended up blasting us all day all those pizzas but 
end up getting to Cody's house. Think about it. This is probably like over a hour, about an hour and a half drive for me to go to this place, then go to Cody's. Get to Cody's house. We might have to pick up JR. So, which means I basically have to drive back to my house from Cody's house. About a 40-minute drive. And we did. Go make the drive and then drive back here. And the whole time, the Kennesaw State Xavier game's going on. And, like, we saw the first little bit. Xavier was winning. But then we started driving and get to JR. And Kennesaw was up what? Well, at 9. At, um... Terrell Burton, with 9.56 left, put Kennesaw up 61-48. to And while we're driving, like, Xavier's chipping away at it, but then we get back here. I don't know. I cannot remember what the score was when... We watched a decent amount here. We watched the second half. We watched the collapse. Mm -hmm. And this was also when we all basically live... That's the one live bet that I lost. Yeah. Damn. We got on there, and it was still 2-1. to I had it plus 250. JR betted outright. So, like, shout out to him. And had them covering. Did not hit. They did cover. But, man, they were up 61-48. Youngblood was in foul trouble the whole time. And then here comes the collapse. And, again, we are screaming at the fucking TV. Call a timeout. Doraheem has two timeouts, and he just let it go. It was a 14-0 run. When you are a mid-major... And you have a lead of 11 points, and it gets cut to three. It's time to call a fucking timeout. And the other thing is, the team was just making like these, like stumbling all over the place. You could see, literally, watch Kennesaw State shitting down their leg as the moment got bigger and bigger. Even while Xavier players are arguing with each other. Yeah, but. Not to mention, like your point guard was also out, so you don't, you didn't even have the like, you hey, got, calm down, guys. Like I got this. Yeah, it just got out of control. But then, still, after that, Xavier takes a leap. Kennesaw won't go away. Uh, breaking news on the Pet the Juice podcast: Bill Self will not be coaching today. It's Arkansas. Oh God, that. Oh my God, that worries me a little bit. The coaching advantage. Yeah. Which Musselman's already good in the tournament. But exactly. we'll get to that. Um, yeah, that one sucked, man. I don't think Xavier's good. I really don't. I didn't think Kennesaw State had a shot in this game. But our conference is 4-0. 4-1. 4-1. God damn it, I keep forgetting. But we needed that one, so. We needed that one. So, And okay. we'll get to that one in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, good job by Xavier coming back. Kennesaw, that's rough, man. Just... Still good season, man. You two years ago you won one game, yeah, and yeah. you gave uh, the second best team from a standing standpoint in the Big East a run for their money. Yep. Call timeout when you have. Yep. Baylor seventy four, UC Santa Barbara fifty six. Um, close game at half. Santa Barbara goes into halftime. I think they were up thirty nine to thirty. No, nope, thirty six thirty five. Yeah. But man, got boat race in the second half. They just ran out of gas. Those guards for Baylor are too good. Um, defensively is what impressed me more than anything because Santa Barbara can score the ball. And in the second half, they held him to 19 points, right? Uh, 20. Right 20 points. Oh, jeez, Cody. Um, Flagler had a good game. Cryer had a good game. George had a good game. Sucks. That was one of the teams I thought maybe could pull an upset, but looked good for a while, and then bye-bye. 
St. Mary's beats VCU 63 to 51. Another heartbreaker for us. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just, the, VCU was in this game. I'd say for three quarters of this game. Yeah, it was closer than the score says, but. And then it just started getting out of control. VCU's offense, man, once, uh, who, uh, who was it that went down? Ace Baldwin. Yeah, when Baldwin went down, it just, the offense could was just was struggling. But even with Baldwin, the offense was struggling, but you were going answer, answer for answer with St. Mary's. But man, just... Well, I mean, if you so if you take Baldwin out of this game, they shot 12 of 38. That's not good. So he had no help no. whatsoever. Sucks. Um, St. Mary's, I will say, though, just so well coached. They're so well coached. They take care of the ball. I was surprised they were able to keep up athletically with VCU, but VCU just couldn't knock the shots in. But that next matchup. Juicy. <laughs> Vermont. Okay, so Marquette beats Vermont 78-61. to Covers. And covers. But that game was a little bit little bit dicey. Tyler Cole had got hurt. Um, he was going in and out of the game. It's a, I think it was a hand injury. Yeah, shooting hand. So... But then he come ba- he came back in. Yeah, he buried had it, like he two had, threes. He had it taped up, and I can't remember if he ended up taking the tape off or anything like that. But yeah, after he came back in, hit those threes, it was like Marquette got the control and kind of cruised a little yep, bit. Hundred percent. The one that's gonna break my heart, and I gotta have to own up to it. Pit fifty nine, <laughs> Iowa State forty one. What did that start? Was it 22 to 2? Man, for a team that does. Oh my God, what was it? Uh, Was it 15 minutes into the game and Iowa State finally got their first field? I don't. I think it was like. I'm going to look. It's got to be in the. I don't think it was that far because they remember they came back Um, in the first. Oh, no. 10 minutes. Still 10 10 minutes minutes into the game. But then, like, that was the crazy thing. Ten minutes into the first half, they finally get their first uh, field goal and then make it 23-30 at half. Mm-hmm. But then Pitt just kind of poured it on. In the second I, half, it was literally... Iowa State had 18 points in the first and in the second half. Yeah, I want to know what the... Sh- oh, yeah, we, we looked at him yesterday. 23% shooting. And the thing that's the backbreaker, oh, two of 21 from three. Gross. For Five a per- team that is a pretty good three-point shooting team. Five for, or what is it, nine? Or two for 21 was what they were. They must have splashed one late that we didn't see. Yeah. Nine, 9% from three. Tough, man. Tough, tough. Tough to put my uh, staple on this team, and then they do that. They and can't for, shoot. Not for somebody who had pit money line and yep. was just laughing in your face the whole time. Like, I told you not to believe in this team. And I know you I hate did that. not expect a I 21 from three performance to come out there. I still think if I have to do it again, I'm going to take Iowa State. It's a team and I, I like to ride. I wouldn't blame you. But, man, that's, that's not the showing I really want. And I, we, it's our fault for not doing it, but... Always somebody from the playing game, even though we had two from the playing game, almost three from the playing games advance. But I mean, wow, Pitt. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Because I always just assume they lose. <laughs> uh, moving on here. Creighton beats NC State 72 to 63. 
we'll give credit to NC State. Like, don't look, don't score a look at this. NC State was, I think, I think they got a two point lead at one point, but I mean, Cole Brenner was just too much. Yeah, trading on Burns. Smith. Yeah, Burns getting into foul trouble really hurt. But go ahead, sorry. Traquan Smith, thirty-two points, twelve for twenty-seven Dog. from the field. But then on the flip side, Kalkbrenner, thirty-one points on eleven and fourteen. I don't want to toot our horns here, but we kind of shot back at everybody talking with the matchup between DJ Burns and Kalkbrenner. Again, DJ Burns doesn't play that much. He fouls and he's out of shape. Kalkbrenner just dogged him. Nineteen minutes, one of five shooting, two points. Four rebounds for DJ Burns. It's literally Smith was the only reason NC State was in this game. He made some very, very clutch shots for them. Yeah, um, just box scoring here because there was a lot of, obviously we're going back and forth between games. Again, man, Creighton's bench, two points. It really, that is something that really, really worries me. They get nothing from their bench. It reminds yeah. me very much of a Bonnie's team, and it, especially when you're going up against... You get one day off, and then you got to play Baylor, who's running up and down the court. Worries me a little bit, but still, you escaped here with the victory there. Now, here's a one that's going to break our heart. Absolutely. UConn, 87, Iona, 63. Iona's up 39, 37.5. UConn wins the second half, 50-24. to 24. And honestly, it started immediately. Right off the rip. Bangs the three and one. <laughs> And it was kind of like UConn just like, oh, yeah, we're the fucking better team. They flipped that fucking championship switch that they have and cruised. It kills me because you and I love this Iona team. We are big Patino guys. Yeah. And we even said to start before the – we even said on the show, in the gambling room, we – we're like, look, I think UConn's probably going to win this game, but my heart wants Iona to win this game. We picked UConn into our Final Four here. Like, we know that was good. But, man, we wanted Iona to win this basketball game. But, fuck, dude. Sonogo was just absolutely too too much to handle, and so was uh, Clint again, the big, the big that comes off the bench. Like, they just dominated in the paint. I'd be very curious, yeah, out-rebounded, Iona forty five to twenty nine. Like Junior Joseph's a good big. He's just a little too small for UConn. And shout out to all of like Andrew Jackson and Jordan Hawkins. Like they made they didn't just make threes, they made like timely, like gut shot threes. Like when Iona would like cut it to seven, it's like, oh, we're floating around, floating around here. Jordan Hawkins bags a three back to ten. But man, that I just wanna go back to that first half. Iona Look and P- and they were literally saying it on the broadcast, Iona belongs. Mm-hmm. Fuck. <laughs> Unfortunately, here's the thing though, we, and we've said it on the podcast too. When ever when everything's clicking for every team, UConn's the best team in the country, and we got the best team in the country. Out we there. were. I on, think we did. Honestly, we were hoping for like Bad the the UConn that couldn't win a game down a stretch, but we got. Like literally, like we uh, saw, we saw the championship switch get flipped for this team in that second. We watched that team that like took down Alabama flawlessly, like early in the season. Mm. UConn team, and then I'm sorry, there's no team in the country that's beating them, let alone the 13 seeded Gales. Like awesome, awesome season though. Be very interested to see where 
Slick Rick ends up, but that is a conversation for another time because we have our second ever 16 seed upsetting a one seed, the Fairleigh Dickinson, the play-in team, the 322nd rated team in Kempom. The team with the 363rd easiest schedule. 353rd ranked defense upsets Purdue 63 to 58. Holy shit. The one that we did, you never, like, it's so fucking hard to predict that something like this happens, but my God, we're literally watching it the whole time. Shout out JR with the first half under. That was the only reason we were like, oh shit, Fairlay's keeping up in this. And then after halftime, we're, JR places a future, or not future, a money, or live bet on Purdue. And we're just watching Fairly stick in this game. And they just would not go away. Um, Purdue's guards were bad. And this is what we said about having them out in the second round. I've, it's hard to trust their freshman guards. Uh, Foster Lawyer ended up with 14 but and hit some timely shots down the stretch. But freaking Braden Smith, 2 for 10 from the field. That's the guy you have controlling your offense along with seven turnovers. That's the story of the game. Look, they turned it over 16 times. Fairly Dickinson. Seven, wasn't it? Uh, nine. They might no. they might have had some down the stretch. But they took care of the ball. Um, obviously, none of us expected that to happen. Nobody, nobody expected that to happen. There's one stretch from this game that I want to bring up. Uh, so, from 641 to 55 seconds left, Purdue did not attempt a single two-point field goal shot while in the double bonus with Zach Eady, 7-4 Zach Eady, presumptive National Player of the Year this year against the smallest team in the country, which didn't, which, love fairly, Technically, shouldn't have been in the tournament to begin with. No, yeah, I didn't. I forgot about that. Didn't even win their conference title because of the dumbest rule in NCAA history. We have one of the biggest upsets in college basketball history. Connor, it's insane. Do you want to know the tallest player that played for Fairleigh Dickinson? Who or it's how tall? How tall? Six foot six. With seven four Zach Eady. Dude, I I here's my thing, like And I, I called it from the beginning. Fairlay was pressing. They knew what the recipe had to be. Yep. And they executed it perfectly. Here's go what, on with what here's what I want to say. I fucking told everybody, and so did you. Like this yes. shit's not working in the tournament. Yes. Did I think it was going to happen this early? No. No, but- we each had a bet on Purdue to not make the Sweet 16. There's a reason that we had FAU beating Purdue. I'm telling you right now, if they would have won this game, like pull it out in the end, I would have been hammering Fort Atlantic in that game. Yes. Like, come on, dude. Like, that shit doesn't work in the tournament. You can't have a bunch of unathletic guards and a big dude who is the focal point of your offense. And, like, you have to kick it out to him because then you get – you get complacent with that shit, and when somebody finds a recipe to stop it, here's another thing too. Like Purdue, like we were talking about the press, Purdue just doesn't have like they have guards, but they they can't handle the ball. 
like they don't they don't have moves and when you trap them they get very frustrated and are obviously can turn the ball over a lot Braden Smith with seven turnovers like I think Matt Painter could should probably like kind of like push Zach Eady to go pro do we really want to run this shit back like I don't want to see that shit but in my defense or it, I don't want to even say in my defense in Purdue's offense what happened to the last one seed that ended up uh, losing to a 16 seed? They won the national title the next year. Exactly. So, for that reason, I'm like, let's run this shit back. Maybe. But also, for I want run this shit back so when they make it to the tournament and we still see them as frauds, we can hammer against them again. But my God, dude. I'm like, I do not want to take any credit away from UMBC for being the first team to ever do it five years ago, this one's so much more. Oh, yeah. This is so much more, dude. Like, wow. Yeah, if you, like, put them side by side, um, I would have first said St. Peter's was the biggest upset in college basketball history until they ended up going to the Elite Eight. Beating Purdue. What? Yeah, also beat (laughs) Purdue. But I think this one definitely is by far the biggest one. Like, obviously, Virginia was the top overall seed, but their best player didn't play in the game. And if you look at a lot of bracketologists, UMBC could have easily been a 15. I mean, you literally, as I think it was either after or during, you looked it up on Kempom to see where Fairley was actually ranked. And we were astonished that this was happening. Like, we knew they were in the 300s because everybody in the NECs in the 300s are above. And that conference was just so bad. I just... But guess what? At the end of the day, fairly deserved. They look like the better team on the court. They deserve to win that game. And honestly, the coach said it. Like, we play them 100 times, 99 times they probably beat us. This was the one. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Shout one. out to Fairley Dickinson. Keep it running, too. Never had a sweet season. Yes. UMBC got kind of the shit canned by Kansas State when they were in the tournament. So Yeah, but they're about to go up against. <laughs> hey, keep it running, man. Yeah, keep it going, man. Um, Kentucky beats Providence 61-53. Was this the game you were talking about with the team that kind of got a lead and just kept it in arm's length? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, honestly, I was talking more about the Michigan State-USC game. Okay, very similar. But this one, just about the same. Kentucky, like, gets into a little bit fight in the first half with Providence. All the credit in the world to Providence for fighting this whole game. But then just at the end, Kentucky was just too much. Shout out Oscar Sheway. Eight points, 25 rebounds. Absolutely insane. Animal. Animal. I know people worry about his uh, defense when they're switching off ball screens and shit, but, man, the guy's getting 25 rebounds. He's got to play. Yeah, no kidding. And 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 here's the thing is I feel like now Cal has been using him the right way. I hate it because of who their next matchup is, but, I mean, Kentucky rolling. Thought Bryce was going to do a little bit better, but also – Banged his hand against the rim at one point in the game. Had to get it taped up. But, yeah, I mean, Kentucky just kind of cruised a little bit. Gonzaga beats Grand Canyon 82-70. Grand Canyon made it interesting, though. For a little bit. Yeah. For a little bit. And and Gonzaga kind of pulled away. Yeah, um, uh, 40-36 at half. Grand Canyon was down. But even in that first half, they were up for a little bit. 
but then just shots really didn't fall in that second half for him. Yeah, there was a 16-0 run in the second half that kind of put that game away. So, okay. (laughs) Miami 63. Yay. (laughs) Drake 56, man. I say that with a somber heart because I did. I tailed it with you. 16-1 run to end the game. (sighs) Tough. Tough. I will... It's it's really hard to want to shout out Drake for this because you they blew it they blew it you were up sixteen to one and you could not handle the press. I just Tucker DeVries had three points in one of eleven, like he was the guy that I was touting like hey if this guy goes off, like they got a shot here. And Wong on the flip side really didn't do shit. Five points, one of ten shooting. Yeah, the, the best two scores in this game were combined. Two for twenty-three. The the player of the year in their respective conference. Yeah, it it sucks, man. Like you had the lead, you were up eight late in the game, and you just couldn't get the ball across half court. And the thing that really did piss me off is Brody, who's been dominating the entire game. Like they didn't give him any looks down the stretch. Did okay when I heard uh, Norchad Ramirez was playing, I did not think he had any chance to. But guess what? Brody was working him in the mm. paint. He could not stop him. And unfortunately... There goes the voice. I think my voice just finally took there it. it nah, it's coming there back. But, um, yeah, man, it sucks. You had that game won. Yeah. You had it. You had it. And, fortunately, Miami moves on. Tavir's one of 11 from three. That's... It does suck. Like, I know Miami is my team, but we did have... A very nice parlay of Kentucky money line and Drake money line that literally I already thought about what I was going to spend with it. Like it was that much to cash. I mean, there was four minutes left, and you were up eight. Um, only good thing is now I can root for Miami because I like Miami. Yay! I hated that they played Drake. That really, that really sucked. This is kind of the same wow, thing with the Orbob and Duke. At the same time, dude, you were on the right. We were both on the right side. Yep, just didn't come to fruition. But and now I can definitely fall in love with this Miami team again because it's opening up in the Midwest for them. Thank you. I'm just going to get this one out of the way because I'm, I'm sad and we'll just get it out of the way. Indiana beats Kent state 71 to 60. Fuck. Um, what I say, man, sincere carry had to play his ass off to win this game. He finished with 15 points, but he was five of 18 and didn't really take care of the ball either. Um, you know, I was shitting all over uh, Solinger in this game because he was just like heat checking. As soon as you left, he got his he got them back in the game. Cut it this they were down thirteen. He hit a three, got the ball back, hit another three, cut it to seven. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm back in. It's seven. And then TJD drives down the court, gets an AM one. <laughs> I will say, I thought this game was officiated fucking awful. Um, Indiana oh got God, every dude, single call. Some in the of paint. those off ball fouls. Yeah. Very ticky-tacky, and I felt like every single 50-50 call did not go their way. But guess what? If every 50-50 call was 50-50, Indiana was still winning this basketball game. <coughs> yeah. Um, I do feel bad for anybody that – because not a lot of people are paying attention to the MAC. Um, this Kent's team is a lot – Kent State team is a lot better than this. They they laid an egg. Can they run it back? Um, Sincere Carey has to graduate. Fuck. So – or I think he – this was his fifth year, yes, because he played three at Duquesne and two at Kent. So, he is done. Um, they're coached Maybe. well enough. There'll still be some guys there. I do think that Solinger will be a guy in a couple years. He's only a sophomore. 
So no, yeah. he will be one of the guys, and he will be a guard that will probably lead this team to the tournament again. Sucks, man. Indiana's- it just sucks that Solinger doesn't have his uncle's height. Yeah. He doesn't really even have his dad's height. I do want to do some shout-outs here. Chris right. Payton played his ass off off the bench. He kept Kent State in that basketball yep. game. Also, I just think the recipe that I drew up for my big upset just did not go towards to plan. So, Sincere Carey has a bad game. You needed him to go off. Uh, did not expect Race Thompson to score 20. Fuck no, dude. He was making plays all over the place. Like, I know Race Thompson's good, but he averages eight points a game, man. Yeah, and, and also, like, at the same time, Hood Shafino, 4 of 11 shooting, 8 points. But also because Race gets goes 8 for 11 shooting for 20 points, he made up for what Shafino was lacking. In a normal game, yeah. that doesn't happen. Yeah, and then people are like, well, like, look at Trace, look at Trace. Like, we already knew Trace was going to do that. Yeah, we, we said it on the podcast. Like, Granted. Trace is going to get his. I will say Trace definitely impacted the game in the post, though. He was blocking everything. Awesome. Oh, my God. Now, there were a lot of those that you and I thought were pretty fucking close to being gold tens, But, dude, he just come out of nowhere. And this is kind of the problem when you go for mid-majors. You're not playing with the tallest players. No. And, dude, there were just some that he just came out of nowhere. Also, one play I want to shout out for Sincere Carey. That three... When the oh, shot yeah, clock went off, and it was like a couple inches away from his hand when the light goes off. Absolute banger shot there, but damn. Yeah, um, if I seen this draw again, I bet every time. But unfortunately, you know, you got to eat your words, man. It didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, now, the last two games from the day both ended in dramatic fashion. FAU takes down Memphis. No, you're, hold on. Let's get. Let's, Did I miss one? Yeah, you missed one. Ah, oh, God. Is it goddamn Tom? Kansas State beats Montana State seven. Montana State, I will give credit for what did make this a lot interesting down the stretch. They were kind of going answer for answer for Kansas State or with Kansas State and then just kind of fell apart. Yeah, um, it was basically it felt like they were going shot for shot and then it got to 10 and it never left 10. It was it it was a variant of 12 to 8 until the game ended. Mm. So, to the one game I was saying, though, FAU beats Memphis 66-65 to on a last-second Nicholas Boyd layup at the with, buzzer. Yeah, or, well, two, no, with 2.5 seconds Yeah, 2.5, and then Memphis can't get a shot up. Awesome, man. Um, I was very torn, very torn on this game. I immediately we saw wa- the— <laughs> We were torn on—you were torn on it because we wanted the FAU matchup against Purdue. Yes. But also, at this point, we didn't care because, well, Fairlane did their job. Weird stretch, man. So, FAU gets out to a 25-15 lead. Memphis comes back, goes in to goes into halftime up. Kendrick Davis gets hurt, and FAU comes back. And then Kendrick Davis comes back in the game and ties like gets the yeah, game back and, that, and forth. That injury looked like a little bit iffy. Landing on somebody's foot, coming down, and he's slamming stuff down at the same time. But good for him to come back and go ahead. Sorry. And then, you know, they just they came back, and FAU dramatically at the buzzer takes the lead there. I would like to see both those teams advance. Like, I wish they didn't get paired up together, so I wasn't that upset with it. Like, but... run it back to see. <laughs> yeah, that was an awesome, awesome game. FAU pulls it off there. And then TCU beats Arizona State in some of the weirdest, one of the weirdest games. So, early on, 
TCU is up 15-4 to in this game. Arizona State starts storming back. And then I think the game At is- halftime, it was uh, Arizona State up 44-37. And then with four minutes left in the game, Arizona State is up seven. And TCU comes storming back. And it was a Jacob Coles hit a float, almost like a, it was a floater as well, with three seconds left to put the Horn Frogs up 72-70. to After Arizona State splashed a three. Yeah, to tie it up on DJ Horns. Um, no half-court magic tonight. The Horned Frogs move one. Um, As somebody who live bet Arizona, or I mean TCU at halftime, thankful for that. Yeah. That was, and somebody who has TCU in the Elite Eight. Yep. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, for our bracket update here, we have, for our Sweet 16, we are down one, two. Hold on, I could tell you. It is just... Three teams down. So Iowa State is out. All oh, four teams. So Drake, Charleston, Arizona, Drake, Iowa, Iowa State. State. I still just Drake. Just don't mention that name. It's still breaking my heart. Elite Eight. We're still live. Yep, still live and well. So let's get to picks because we have. We're gonna go through every single game. This is gonna be a long episode here. We're gonna break down the Furman San Diego State game right now. Um, it's not. No one's gonna know. So. Yeah, I know it's about to it. tip off like in forty minutes. So yeah, but Furman money line. I'm taking Furman money line. That's the matchup for me. Um, I thought San Diego State seemed a little bit vulnerable. That defense can clamp up, but I think Furman's a more like I know Charleston's coach very well. They're coached very well, but Furman is a lot. Just seems to me that they are a tougher basketball team. They're full of guys that just seem to be a little more gritty. Like Charleston, to me, just from watching them in the CIA and watching them against San Diego State, it just seemed like a little bit of a combination of guys who just play very well together, and it's just efficient offense. Everything's ran in a perfect system, and when all the wheels are running right, it's a thing of beauty. Furman... To me, it just seems like they are a bunch of tough motherfuckers. And when San Diego State's going to have that defense and clamp down on them, they're not going to be phased by it. They can get down by eight or nine. Bob Rich, you'll still have those guys going. So, San Diego State worries me to score sometimes. Furman had a great offensive performance against a better defense in Virginia, and their best score was in foul trouble immediately. Exactly. So that's why I love Furman here. Exactly. I'm taking the money line. Fuck the five points. Yep. If you're a smart better and you just want the just want the value, just want the win, or don't want the value, you just want the win, take the five. But I'm I'm strictly on that money line. Yeah, I mean, plain and simple. It, it's you gotta take the you gotta take the hot dog right now. <laughs> now to something that I worry I'm gonna be betting too much on. Duke is laying <laughs> three and a half against Tennessee. So we're gonna Fuck, dude. I so here's the deal. I'm gonna give you our play on it because Tennessee Hammer does play. does muck this up a little bit. I'm worried about the three and a half. So I'm pretty sure the way we talked about it is I don't want to move ahead for the Sunday games, but I think the smartest play here is to take the Duke money line and parlay with the UConn money line. Exactly. Because those are two games that I am by far the most confident. Takes it to about plus one fifty, man. Yes, and I mean, 
Like, I'm confident enough to say Duke covers the spread. I, I'm half tempted to take some alt lines on this. So am I. But just from a tournament standpoint, this is but a... If you want to have a hammer play, that's the, that's the play. That's the total hammer play. Mm-hmm. I'm just... The disparity between the Kentucky or the Tennessee guards and the Duke guards is holy shit. Like I don't understand. I get you know the okay. The only reason why this line is so low is because analytics love Tennessee. Tennessee is favored but in analytics. It, yeah, exactly. Analytics had Tennessee favored, and no offense, if Duke was an underdog in this game, that would have just simply been the hammer play. Yes, but, but when we saw that they were favorites. We're like, okay, we have to find a different way to go about this. And we did. And we absolutely love this hammer play. Yep, 100%. I'm hammering Duke on this one. No, we've said hammer a bunch, but hammer. I'm taking Duke. Hammer. Another one I like here. Missouri taking on the dogs of Princeton. Missouri's laying six points. Connor, I love the Tigers here. That didn't. Is that, game that you, didn't. Uh, is that the next game? Oh, God. Is it a Kansas? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to turn. I. I don't want to turn him off because otherwise Tom doesn't know how to operate an app. So he's not going to be I able to watch his team. I think we need to set him up with his own account. Yeah, but then he can't watch the ESPN Plus. It, it, we, it, we'll figure He won't pay the $5 a month. I know. Fuck, I might pay the do- the money so that I don't have to hear you bitch about it. Yeah, let's <laughs> we'll get to that game. It's at 6 t- This one's at 610 though. I'm already in it. Okay, go ahead. I said the Tigers it doesn't really uh, do anything for him, but I like Missouri a lot in this game. Yeah, I, I think it. this is a boat race. I Yeah, I mean, um, Arizona struggled to score. Mizzou doesn't have that problem. Yes. What is – oh, the, did you guys just hammer? We live stream and it just went to six and a half. What? Yeah. Yeah, it literally just – Just went to six and a half. I still like it, though. I'm still taking it because you, you were going to push at six. Did six. So, has somebody been announced out that we don't know about? I don't think Check so. Check Goodman's Twitter. I don't think so. Um, here's the deal. Missouri is way too athletic for Princeton. Princeton kind of got the best two seed they could have Please gotten. Tell me somebody put like a million dollars on Princeton money line. Well, they would have went the other way then. They would have put it on Missouri. That's why I'm oh. six and a half. But um I can't do it. Yeah, I, I just the athleticism of Missouri is way too much for Princeton. And I think they get this by double digits easy here. To the game that's in between the Duke and Missouri game. Number one, one seed Kansas is taking on number eight Arkansas. The line is only four. We announced it earlier. Bill Self is not coaching today. Do you have a lean early on here with the Jayhawks and the Razorbacks? I'm sorry. I've been trying to dive deep into why that line just dropped. I mean, somebody just probably made a bet. I don't think anybody's hurt. Missouri had nobody on the injury report or anything. Okay, I'm just as of yesterday. I'm, I'm, all, I'm just placing a bet right now. Uh, so you're talking about Kansas and Arkansas, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't like. To me, I am staying away, and I'm probably gonna look I, at a live bet here. Yeah, but also at the same time, I kind of like Arkansas plus the four right now. Honestly, I'm honestly surprised this was three and a half, jumped to four. With Bill Self being announced that he's not going to coach. Yes, here's the there's deal, though. There's such a coaching disparity, but there's... <sighs> but also, Kansas has a championship point guard. 
Jalen Wilson, who has been on a t- been on the title team, could be the player of the year. And here is what I like for Kansas. Here is the problem that I've had with them all year in the tournament setting is I think they can get exposed by a big. Uh, nah. Arkansas really doesn't have the big. No. So no. it's going to be a bunch of wings going up against each other. Uh, to be yeah, to be honest with you, I I can see it either way. I'm going to live bet this one. I think if Arkansas gets a decent if what's up the, the play is if Princeton at any point gets a plus a thousand bet we Princeton. have to live bet that that's not the game we're talking about wait oh god damn it but I'm still okay idiot. that still plays I'm we'll, sorry I'm an idiot I'm all over the place it's been a long day people it's been a long weekend yeah or, I guess we're now just starting okay so yeah Arkansas Kansas I'm an idiot uh hey, I'm just gonna got- I'm gonna sit back and enjoy it and bet a live yeah yeah. Or maybe cook up a player. Or take the first half under. Maybe that's what I'll do. All right, next one. Number one, Houston. One seed Houston taking on number nine, Auburn Tigers. God, we had a lot of Tigers in this tournament. Oh, yeah, there was some stat about, like, Cause that is teams with a cat mascot. Like, you have Kansas State, Kentucky, uh, Princeton. Uh, Missouri. I'm not, I uh, Do not make me think people this early. But... I'm so tempted to take Houston minus the five and a half. I really am. It's a five now. Oh, is that five? Well, it depends on your book, but right, I'm on DraftKings okay, right I've now. Been five. <sighs> Look, it's baiting me to take Houston. It is, but I'm a really worried about Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sasser and how well they're going to be able to be in this game here. So I don't really have a lean either way. Um, it would not shock me one bit if Auburn wins this game. If Katie Johnson and Wendell Green played like they did and Broom dominates in the paint, it wouldn't surprise me. To beat Houston, you have to be able to rebound the ball, and Jerome Broom can rebound the basketball better than anybody in this basketball game. That does help. Yeah. But it's still fucking Houston. And Houston made it to the Sweet Six. No, they made it to the Lead Eight last year without Marcus Sasser. They've played well with injuries. They do it every freaking year. Their best two guys were hurt last year, and they, Jamal Shedd led them to the lead eight with a win over one seed. Yeah, definitely. I think if anything, just throw, throw Houston. I wouldn't do it in the hammer play parlay, but throw Houston money line in a parlay. Yeah, throw Houston and Duke together. That'll still get it to even odds. Yeah. So I don't hate that one here. Now this one could get contentious because I've decided what I'm betting on this one. I swear to God, if you say the one side. Penn State is five-and-a-half-point dogs against Texas, and I'm rolling with booty ball, baby. Thank you. Give me the five-and-a-half. I'm not taking money line, but give me the five-and-a-half. Sprinkle money line. And sprinkle the money line. Yes. I think Penn State is just found their stride. Everybody is shooting well right now. I don't expect Andrew Funk to go eight for ten for three, though. But we expect Pickett to be a dog in this game. Yes, Seth Lundy can knock down his threes. Cam Winner's been... Banging around in the post. That matchup against the Sudo scares me a little bit. But, man, I got the best player on the court. I'm going to back the best player on the court. Jalen Pickett is, now, like what we said, Texas probably has the second, third, and fourth, and fifth best player in this game. But Jalen Pickett, I think, is head over heels the best player in this basketball game. And Texas in the tournament still worries me. Rodney Terry is still a he's not a first year head coach. Two and eleven ATS. But this is his first time in the tournament. Two and eleven Texas is in the tournament. Granted, they just covered. Yes, and they beat a good Colgate team. 
But, yeah. Would it shock me if te- Texas goes out there and wins this game by 20? No. 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 Penn State does have nights where they just can't knock threes down. If their threes don't fall, they don't have a backup plan. That's almost like, I don't want to say live bet it, but watch it. If Penn State, maybe that's the play. Bet Penn State, if the shots aren't falling, cash out. If you can. Yep. Number two, UCLA playing the seven-seeded Northwestern Wildcats. UCLA is laying seven and a half points. I don't know. I feel like they're baiting me to bet Northwestern, but I'm not. I'm going to bet UCLA minus seven and a half. I'm honestly going to stay away because I really do want to bet that's plus seven and a half. But also, I think there is, the, like you like you said, take UCLA. I think that might be the right side. But I really want to take the dog. I wouldn't blame you there. That number is kind of baiting you either way. Um, I mean, teams. we were worried about the injuries for UCLA and – that obviously wasn't that much of an issue, and I don't know if it's really going to be that much again of an issue against Northwestern. It's when they start getting into their next couple games. Yeah, Northwestern likes to muck games up, but I'm going to tell you right now, no matter what happens, this game is going to be played at Tiger Campbell's pace. Whatever yeah. he decides to, t- to dictate it, whatever Mick Cronin tells him to do, he's going to do whatever he can to make it their game. He will speed it up when he has to. He will slow it down when he doesn't. He's the best in the country doing so. He's going to be on Bowie, isn't he? And, uh, yeah, him and Bowie will be going against each other. Well, they might they might throw Amari Bailey, put some size on him there, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I like UCLA a lot. I know Jalen Clark's out. I know Bon is still out. But, again, give me one more time, I guess, to fade Northwestern. Moving on, the last game for tonight, Alabama is laying eight and a half points against Maryland. This dropped. Why is Maryland here? <laughs> they shouldn't be here. This line dropped. It was at nine and a half. Ugh. Like, I liked Maryland at like nine and a half, maybe ten. I was hoping it would kind of go that way. Jameer Young is an elite scorer, and he has the potential to drop 35 every single night. But I literally just bet Bama. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. I understand that. I am not betting this either way. Um, I know I will at the end of the night, but I I don't have one that I'm comfortable giving out to other people to lean on either way. Um, I wonder if Miller's uh, points has dropped considering he just dropped zero. Um, I would almost think about taking his over 16 and a half. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you there. But... I mean, I'm I'm willing to lay the po- eight and a half. Once I saw this drop a whole point, I think I think Maryland could have the potential to be going into a slaughter. Am I right, or does the bracket bracket doesn't give locations? I think this yeah, it game does. it is in Birmingham. Exactly. Oh, that's gonna be a oh, home. I didn't that's know gonna that. be a home crowd for Alabama. I guarantee you that. The minute that Bama got the matchup in Birmingham, which makes sense. They're the number yeah, one. Yeah, they got to choose where they were playing. Exactly. That, that Bama fans definitely bought the shit out of that. Maryland fans weren't buying tickets because they weren't probably sure if they were beating West Virginia. This is going to be damn near a home game for Bama. And what is Maryland's kryptonite? Winning away from home. Exactly. And they just did it on Thursday. Moving to Sunday here. First game, Pitt, Xavier. Xavier's nope, nope, wrong. That's the first game on Sunday. It's no, at 12-10. Oh, it is? Yes. Oh, you're actually looking. Oh, yes. okay, I'm sorry. My book, 
My book had Kentucky, Kansas as the Kansas. No, I as I the... made sure this time I was going to get it right. <laughs> okay. It is Pitt and Xavier. The game's at tip is at twelve ten. Xavier's laying five and a half points, and give me the Jeff Capel led Pittsburgh Panthers in this game. I'm going to take the five and a half, but yeah. I would wouldn't I would uh, probably lean to like a sprinkle a little bit on the money line there too. Um, there's always a double digit seed that makes the Sweet 16, and I think Pitt is poised to do that right now. I think the bracket kind of broke down very well for him. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, something just came out here um, after you made your bet. At Alabama's Brandon Miller will play tonight against Maryland. I'm told he's 80% 80% due to a groin injury, suffered in the SEC tournament, was scoreless in the first round, blah, blah, blah. That was tweeted by Jeff Goodman two seconds ago. Okay, good thing you got alerts on. Um, I was honestly waiting for you to say somebody big from Mizzou was out. No. He, but yeah, Brennan Miller will play, but obviously a little banged up. Um, so what were we talking about? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you on Pitt. Uh, I think, especially with the being one of the first four teams, you've had two games under your belt, and you just whooped a defense, a very good defensive team. I don't think Xavier's to the level of where Iowa State's defense is, so. Yeah, I'm going to take the hot, I think, the hotter team. I mean, Xavier struggled with Kennesaw State. Yep, 100%. But, but also, that could be like the wake the hell up moment, and now Xavier gets on a roll, but I'm going to back pick. Yeah, I'm going to back pick, too. Um, Xavier does do the classic, um, just when you start doubting them, they somehow play very well. Like, I thought they were buried against Ken, or Kennesaw. You get that. I had Creighton boat racing them in the Big East tournament out of nowhere. Xavier's just firing at all cylinders. So wouldn't shock me here, but I would lean Pitt here. 240 tip here on CBS as well. Kansas State playing Kentucky. Kentucky is a two-point favorite. I did not even look at that line until now. Jesus. Yeah. Um, I don't have a strong lean either way here at all. I'm taking the dog, dude. Like, I And it's tough because... I have a Final Four future on both of these teams. But, man, I just – I love Kansas State. And, honestly, like, I worry a little bit about the matchup between Sheway and oh, Tomlin. They're going to uh, – Sheway is going to eat against Kansas State. There is nobody on that team that can stop him. Granted, nobody really stops him I anyway. know, but Tomlin's, like, bigger and more athletic than Sheway. And he can step out and hit some threes. Yes. But. I mean, Chigwe's always going to get his. When they've lost to St. Peter's, he still scored 30. Plus, I kind of worry about the length of Kentucky's guards against Noel. Mm-hmm. But, I'm pretty sure Case and, Wall, or, uh, Case and Wallace is like six. But, dude, I have such a feeling that this game's going to be such a damn dog fight. Yeah, Case and Wallace is 6-4. That does and you know, And bit. you know what? Well, it's not the same team, though. What? Well, Keontae's played against Kentucky before. Yep, he has. Um, yeah, to me, I know you're taking the dog here. I don't have a lean. I think I would lead in Kentucky. But that might be one where I just kind of sit back and kind of enjoy it because... It's going to be a good, great game. Kansas State is tough as shit, man. Mm-hmm. And they're not just going to be bullied around by Kentucky. All right. Uh, later, five fifteen. Also on CBS here, Marquette and Michigan State. The spread is only two and a half. 
a lot these um these I mean shout out to these numbers man in Vegas because I am having a really hard time believing in these. I was hoping to get Michigan State around five because I would back them there, but at two and a half, man, that number is just too low. Um, Michigan State does well in the tournament, man, and what kills them is a big, and Marquette doesn't have that big to dominate. Mm-hmm. Asiako played very well against Vermont, but, but Vermont no, had no Michigan size. State's a yeah different team than Vermont, but. Yeah, I kind of lean laying the points with Marquette. I think that than, was probably the move. More than anything, though, money line, parlay, whatever. I mean, this is also the time of year that, like, if I you don't like a number, just take the money line, especially with a money line that will be low with it being at 2.5. Uh, minus 145. Obviously, you lose some value, but it could it, better chance of hitting, obviously. Yeah, it's going to be fun here because we have Tyler Kolick, the best point guard in the country, going up against a tandem of like Hogard and uh, Tyson Walker. So, I don't know, man. I, I, it's Like I said when we did the bracket, it would not shock me here if Michigan State beats Marquette. Mm-hmm. Especially if Tyler Kolick's hand is not 100%. It could get dicey here. Now, another game that might have some alt spreads on it. UConn is laying three and a half against St. Mary's, and man, I don't know why this line is three and a half. I don't see any scenario where St. Mary's keeps this game like in between seven points. Yeah, like you went up against a VCU team that didn't shoot the ball well, had some athleticism, which caused some problems for you. But man, UConn's another fucking animal. Like, uh, listen, there's, 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 there's a case to be made that they should have been a one seed over Purdue and yeah. Purdue should have been a four. If it wasn't for that little stretch, they were, they're definitely the most underrated, underseeded four seed I've seen in a long time mm-hmm. with some of their wins. Um, Iona's way up more athletic than St. Mary's hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yes. Um, now Randy Bennett's a hell of a coach. He's been in a lot of big games before we, this is the first time that, Coach Hurley has made it to the second round with UConn. That's insane. But man, that team is like we said, man, when they're firing, when they everything's clicking, this is the best team in the country. Plus, like throw you could throw any they have two the two bigs that like I just think are gonna be such matchup nightmares for St. Mary's. And I see like a scenario where I know how St. Mary's likes to work. They love to take the shot clock down to ten. And then they start making your moves. But how much can you do that if like you're get you are getting bas- shots at the basket? But with those bigs, dude, I think there's a if you could take over on blocks, I take it. Yeah. Um I think UConn's better one through five at every position than Exactly than they are. Um maybe not in that order. Like I wouldn't say UConn is the best five players. In this game, but if you match up point guards, shooting guards, all the way down, UConn's five zero in that. Uh, all right, Creighton and Baylor. Baylor's laying one and a half. Been saying it all year. I've been saying it on the podcast. I'm not even going to question it. I'm taking Creighton money line here. I'm following suit, but man, it I want scary. It, it, it this is going to be a, a phenomenal game. Yes, the, I think I think Creighton comes out. Here's the thing that worries me is the athleticism of the Baylor guards, that Cryer-Flagler and Keontae George trio. Um, Creighton's got Andrew Nemhart and Trey Alexander, awesome basketball players, awesome scorers. 
not going to wow you with their athleticism. No. But Baylor is 102nd in defensive efficiency. They can score the ball at will. They cannot defend. Creighton's offense is incredible. Kalkbrenner has been amazing. And here is the big kicker to me. If Creighton wants to win this game, we need a better game from Baylor Shireman. He's made some timely threes down the stretch for Creighton in the Big East tournament and against NC State. But if you can get a really good Baylor Shireman game, because the kick can really stroke it, I think Creighton wins this game comfortably. I do think Kalkbrenner goes off. So I would probably look at his points. If his points are under 17, I would probably take the over there. Um, Baylor really, like JTT is the only guy they have that can guard him, and really nobody's been able to stop him all season. So I'm leaning Creighton here. Would shock me if Baylor wins? No. Um, moving on here, the 16th seed, Fairleigh Dickinson goes up against FAU. The line is 13 and a half. I'm not touching any of the, either side of this. Not even a chance. I'm taking the points with Fairleigh. Yeah, I. I <laughs> well, could, also, I think there's a chance that FAU can. Just... Yeah. Um. To be honest with you, if I'm leaning either way, I think I'm taking FAU. All I have is FAU and UAB in my head, and we saw what that was. Yeah. Like I, I don't think I'm. I think I'm just gonna watch Great it. Great story, Fairleigh. I'm gonna just take the points with you, but I mean, we've done it once. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm not gonna do it either way. I wouldn't blame you for for betting the dog and I wouldn't blame me for betting the 13 and a half either with FAU probably one of my favorite games on Sunday is Miami against Indiana IU is laying one and a half points I know we're gonna think like here I'm it's not it's not like my favorite game is a betting perspective it's just like I like the matchup and it's gonna be fun to watch but I'm leading Miami here with the points or I guess one and a half I take the money line there yeah I'm I'm firmly on Miami. Like, I know Wong only had five points. That makes me feel a little better, actually. Yeah, it does. To be honest with you. It, like, especially making it that Poplar is hitting his shots. He definitely helped. Miller wasn't hitting his shots. O'Meara looked very good. Pack for, was, doing, was hitting yeah, his as Pac well. Pack was an absolute dog. Um. Like just because of that advantage at the guards, like I like we say, TCD or T. That's what Jared called him. I know Tracy. Trey, Trace Jackson is gonna get his against Amir. It just is what it is. Oh, I didn't even think about that match. That's gonna be so fun. But it, at the same time, Miami's got several guards that just they're gonna keep throwing at throwing at you. I, here's the deal. Wong's got to play well because Huchafino is a bigger guard, bigger point guard. And if he's guarding Pack, Pack's going to struggle to score. So we need Wong to be able to score here. I'm, but if Race Thompson's scoring 20 and going 8 for 11, you're not going to win this game. No. But I do not expect that to happen again. No. Um, To the late game here, buddy, I'm taking TCU. What is this four and a half shit? Yeah. Gonzaga is four and a half point favorites over TCU. Hell no, I'm not touching that. I Hell think this, no. This is a pick 'em. I think this is a little bit of a reaction to what happened with TCU, but also like I take into consideration the fact that Arizona had already played a game in this tournament. And has been playing very good basketball. They've down been the one of the stingiest underdogs in the last couple weeks. Yeah, this no, like I, I'm sorry, I That's love Gonzaga. Crazy considering you have 
Gonzaga in your I just assume, but it's, it's off the number. Though. Oh, no, wait. Wait, JR has him in the championship? He's winning it. Oh, yeah, that's Granted, right. his oppo- their opponent's already eliminated Purdue. But, yeah, dude, I... No, I'm not. I can't lay four and a half points with Gonzaga. I can't do it. I would take no. the points with TCU. I'm not taking money line because I want Gonzaga to win the game. Get but, crazy with some parlays, guys. But man, four and a half—that's too much. Yeah. All right, that's an hour and a half in here. My throat is hurting from all the screaming from this weekend. I am tired. We got um, a little bit until our first game starts. So yep, we're out of here. Good luck. We'll be back on Monday. Peace. <laughs>